The following is a presentation of the Retro Network. This is a sequel chat after credit show. This week we are covering WandaVision, Episode 3. Warning, Sequel Chat is a movie lover's podcast featuring discussions of the latest cinematic sequels in theaters now. These weekend of release reviews are spoiler-filled and highly flammable, so please use caution when listening. You have been warned. And we are back in the swinging 70s. Nice and groovy here on WandaVision. This is Jeremy, and with me today, co-piloting, is Colton. Yeah, this episode, man, it, it was like a football hitting my nose. Now I'll never be a teen model. Right? Lots of things hitting us over the head here in this episode. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's dive into this. If you're, uh... Just tuning in, this is spoiler-filled and highly flammable, so please make sure you've watched WandaVision Episode 3 before this episode. Um, what was your impression here, Colton? First off, anybody with two eyes and two brain cells to rub together knows this episode drew inspiration from the Brady Bunch primarily. That freaking staircase in the background gives it away. Just, just so we're clear about that, yes, clearly very 70s. You know, possibly there could be other inspirations as well, but primarily, above all, Brady Bunch. Maybe without the volume of crowd, but nevertheless, the aesthetic of the Brady Bunch. Yes, Brady and Bunch, Partridge Family, all yes, those classics. I, I was there's a part of me that was kind of hoping that somebody would sing "Come On, Get Happy," but you know, it didn't happen. Or because they used that song twice in Eight Man and the Wasp, maybe that's why they didn't go that route. Possibly. Wow. Um. Yes, some of the sitcom stuff, like they can't keep doing that forever, obviously, but. As the episode progressed on, and as some of the layers started to flake a little bit to show what was underneath, just a little bit, that's kind of what I was waiting for. I previously said I was intrigued but not wowed. The way this episode ended left me very wowed. So I don't know if you want to touch on a synopsis of what happened or if if you'd like me to, but I just... uh, The way it slowly progressed and started to flake away at the layers a little bit, you know, sucked me in. Yeah, uh, we are beginning to see Wanda and this reality break and crack more and more the deeper and deeper in it, it we get. Uh, it does appear that we're going to get about six of these sitcommy type episodes, um, and they are teasing like a three episode hour long, basically finale to the show. And that'll be in modern present day. So we we do have to sit through this a little longer, but it does allow for continuing to play up the tropes and the cliches from these past shows. Touch on a little bit of like the misogyny of the 70s and and uh, allow for us to kind of explore the intricacies of Wanda's delicate mind, but through a very uh, narrow prism. And can we touch on that commercial break that happened? The fake commercial. Hydra Soak. Um, Yes. yes, yes. I instantly, when I saw the hairy housewife. <laughs> the feathered hair. <laughs> dealing with disasters around the house. And then she's looking for an escape and she ends up in a bathtub full of suds. I don't know if you recognized it because this is technically before my time and probably before your time as well. But I had a teacher tell me about it once. It was this really well-known, often quoted, beloved commercial 
from her time. Cal Gone Take Me Away. Have you ever heard of that before? Uh, vaguely, vaguely I, remember. I recognized it right away. She showed us the, a long time ago. We're talking 12, 12, 13 years ago. I had a teacher show me the commercial. Cal Gone Take Me Away. A, a stressed mom looking to get away from it all. She ends up in a bathtub full of suds with this chemical called Cal Gone that just will sud you up and relax you and... Like, it was an absolute throwback to it. If you haven't heard of it, I encourage you to look it up. It was actually pretty widely beloved and quoted for a long time. There's even an episode of Fresh Prince where Jeffrey is having a nightmare where he thinks everybody's overworking him. And he just wails out maniacally, Calgon, take me away! (laughs) So to see that throwback put a big smile on my face. And yes, I did notice the actress was used in the previous fake commercials on the show. Yes, and it does appear that they're going to be performing for us all of these commercials. Um, The fan theory is that's Wanda's mom. Right. I keep hearing that. Um, Even within the commercial, the lines they say, like, you read my mind and (laughs) unleash the goddess within. Yes, that one. That was almost on the nose for me. (laughs) Unleash the goddess within. Even in the opening song, like the the fake theme song, they've been Mm -hmm. kind of teasing us in the song um but even even this one it's like great expectations lead to complications i i oh i, I missed that subtext oh and and there's a lot of like it it hints at oh we've got problems or there's something and then it's like but don't worry it's all groovy and it's playing up a little bit of the dichotomy between the two and it also seems to be playing up wanda's denial of reality yes Yes. Um, and speaking of denial of reality, did uh, did the glitch throw you off while watching it? Uh, are we talking about when Vision starts asking a bunch of questions? Then well, all of a it's flips back and it's Wanda are... who who kind of cracks open that uh, question barrel there. And then Vision's like, yes, the dinner with the hearts and our neighbors and this and that. And he's like, it's not adding up. Like, something's wrong here, Wanda. And then you see it on her face where she's realizing it. And then all of a sudden, jump cut back mm-hmm. to when he was standing. Yeah. And then they just blow um, by it. My guess was they did not want to redo the VHS trick they had done previously. That would have been, you know, redundant and repetitive. Stylistically, they needed to, you know, change things up a bit. So they made a very sudden jump there. Um, and, and there are uh, other theories out there that potentially it's not Wanda who made that cut. Uh, I'm open to that. That there may be other actors uh, in play. Considering what happened to Geraldine, which, uh, if I'm recalling correctly, Geraldine is not Geraldine's real name. No, it's Monica yeah. Rambeau. That's, that's what I wanted to be certain of. That had me thinking Wanda has more control than I previously thought. What happened with Geraldine? Because Wanda got very defensive uh-huh. once Geraldine started asking questions. Pietro and what happened to him in real life and basically Wanda's trauma that she seems to be trying to forget. Geraldine suddenly has questions and that was what wowed me at the end of the episode. There was this moment of suspense where we're like, what's going to happen to Geraldine? <laughs> Wanda, Wanda looked angry enough that I actually was worried that something harmful would happen to Geraldine. Right. And while it may not have been all that pleasant... You know, here we go. The finale of the episode is Geraldine being very forcefully ejected from the reality and landing in a great in a green field right outside of, I guess, the real world Westview. Yes. And that to me was kind of breathtaking because in my imagination, I just always saw Wanda kind of either by herself or with the husk of vision 
huddled somewhere in a tiny sphere. That That's just what my mind was always telling me. No, Westview is actually a physical place that she's kind of taken over, at least apparently. We yes. don't know what all the strings are yet, but the scope of it, seeing that an entire subdivision, maybe something even larger, has been taken over and ensphered with this false reality, and watching this gigantic, physically huge false reality eject Monica Rambo into a field, and just having this dazed look on her face. She's still wearing the 70s clothes. Yeah. But the, the film grade is different now, because she's not inside the sitcom world anymore. She's in the real world. It was jarring. Having all these, I assume, are sword agents suddenly flock around yes. her. It, it just that was the wow I was waiting for, and so I, I'm I've moved beyond being intrigued. I'm wowed. I'm I'm now looking forward to the show more than ever. Yeah, I've been hearing so many people congratulate both of the actresses there on that scene, both because Geraldine Monica all throughout this episode she's having flashes mm-hmm. and remembrances, and and she may it may be more subconsciously that's why she's mm-hmm. investigating showing up at the Vision residence, Mm -hmm. inviting herself in, um, and just kind of peeping around the house, making up stories just to go peep in the other room and make some connections. But once she's there, she clicks into Monica mode multiple times throughout this episode. Yeah. The first time was when the stork running behind the couch makes the the chatter noise. It wakes her up from the sitcom reality just for a moment to be like, what was that? And and then just the very sitcom-y way of... Oh, it's my refrigerator. We have ice maker in the door. Oh, you fancy. <laughs> that, that, that makes me wonder how much of it is Monica being controlled and how much of it is her acting and pretending that she's playing along. And I'm getting more and more of a feeling that she infiltrated this kind of like we saw the beekeeper infiltrate. Yeah. But once she got in, it has some sort of a, a hazing on your memory and you start playing a bit part within this reality. Um, much like when they met at the, the, the talent show preparation committee, mm-hmm. like she was asked, Oh, what's your name? And, and she went to say it. And then she was like, it, she had a blank look like she forgot it. And then she snapped into Geraldine. Can we talk about the neighborly gathering together at that wall that, uh, the neighbor was cutting into accidentally? <gasps> yeah. Edges. That meeting of the minds where they make it the very heavy insinuation that there's a secret. They know there's a secret. They're afraid to talk about it. Now, right as we get into this, after after Vision greets them, even before that, uh, as he leaves the doctor, the camera pans over to them. If you have the captions on, you get to see what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And Herb and Agnes are talking and they're like, did you see her? She just went in. Like, is she in there? Did you see her belly? And does she? And then it trails off. Uh And so there's they're they're discussing Geraldine, who doesn't appear to be part of Westview. Obviously, she doesn't have a home. She's new in town that like they they make it clear. She's kind of sort of a gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Interloper. Yes, a 'er ne'er-do-well almost. And they're actually genuinely worried, like, is Geraldine in there? Is everything like they're they're basically trying to ask if anything's bad bad has happened to her without implying that anything bad could happen to her. Right. Their poker face is not great. (laughs) Because they had me worried that something for a moment I was genuinely worried something of great harm was gonna happen to Monica. Like, wow. The look on Wanda's face, it was just she looked like she was genuinely angry that her reality was being even slightly punctured. 
telling her to leave. And then Monica's like, oh, oh, don't be like that. And, you know, every time it cut away from that scene, I was like, oh, no, what's going to happen off screen? You know, Marvel can only do so much, you know, a small side note. I'm worried how much they can do with Blade when it comes to violence, you know? Uh, well, I yes and no, because they have announced that the next Deadpool will be rated R and it will be in the MCU. So uh, I, I'm oh. assuming they will leave a lot more room open for the Blades of the world. Also, okay. the Punisher, it looks like he may be coming back. John Bernthal or someone it else? It looks like John Bernthal. The, mm. the, the rumors keep swirling around him and most of the... Uh, Netflix cast, they'll come in. Charlie Cox. Yes. Charlie Cox has already filmed his scenes for Spider-Man 3, yeah. so there's that. So they, they are coming back, but they will be a different variation of their characters. That seems to be the theme of the multiverse things. Yeah. And I guess having the multiverse break or things of this nature allows for more lateral latitude in uh, bringing in characters that weren't quite MCU. Mm-hmm. Tangentially MCU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry for that tangent, folks. Yeah. Just a, very curious about what thematically will be possible because the MCU has, for the most part, been family friendly so far. And this scene, and 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 that's a testament to how good Elizabeth Olsen's acting is. The look on her face had me genuinely worried. She was ready to do some physical harm for the sake of her yes. apparent health. And uh, Kevin Smith has been saying she deserves an Emmy nomination for this, and I'm starting to agree because. Going back and forth between a goofy sitcom trope and being in deadly serious drama, that's not easy to do as a writer, as a director, or as an actor. And so far, everybody has been hitting it out of the park. And I agree with a few people who've been mentioning that uh, Netflix's Fuller House did themselves a discredit by not uh, bringing in Elizabeth Olsen to play Michelle since the sisters weren't coming in to play her. Oh, interesting. Okay. That's the first time I've heard that. Yeah, they uh, they had, what, five, six seasons of that show and just kind of teased, played uh -huh. with it. Uh, oh, Michelle's off in New York. She's a big fashion designer. Yeah. Couldn't um, make it. Here's the thing. Before that show even started, Elizabeth Olsen's star was taking off, especially in the world of independent film, like prestige, high art stuff. I don't know if I could see her because you have to understand as a kid, I'm sure that was a shadow she was standing in her famous sisters that were twins, uh, you know, making a big splash I, in the world. I understand that. To, but at the same for time, for her to pretend to be them after she's already made her own thing, I'm not sure she'd be up for that. Potentially. I, this would have been the time when she could have stolen the show. I mean, we, we see her doing sitcom things now and just wow. Um, uh. It's it's just it's she it's kidding and honoring old material. You know what I mean? I think that's the difference between seriously doing it straight, like the show Fuller House has been doing. Like that show has not been you know kidding the material. It has been embracing the material fully. Mm, yeah, still missed opportunity at least for a cameo. I, I know. I would have I would have liked to have seen <laughs> that, but. Like I've seen some of the independent films that Elizabeth Olsen has done, and I just I, I can't see her wanting to touch anything that her sisters were once a part of that is of a different caliber than what she's doing now. And and I, I heard many, many stories over the years, many rumors. She didn't like being in their shadow growing up. She doesn't like hate them or anything like that, but it, it was troublesome. A typical sibling yeah. movie fame and fortune and yeah typical things um but throughout all throughout this episode we are getting homages and tips 
looking back at the MCU as well. Um, as I, I mean, granted, Wanda having twins in under 18 hours <laughs> is uh, quite the miracle. Yeah. And, and I remember after the first baby came out and everything was settling down, I was telling everybody who was watching with me, wait for it. Another one's coming. Wait for it. Wait for it. Second one came. Right. It took a minute or two, but the second one came. And it, the way they had it surprise the, the characters, I thought was kind of funny. Oh, very much so. Um, even when uh, Wanda's about to give birth there, Monica snaps into helpful mode. We're going to get you through this. We're going to deliver the baby. But each and every one of her lines is one of the things that Vision, it's a very close proximity yeah. statement to what Vision was saying as Wanda was having to destroy the Mind Stone before Thanos could get to it. Yes, I picked up on that. I, I, rec I was like, that line sounds familiar. Being out of time? Oh, that's right. And yeah, I, so I did pick up that, uh, for lack of a better word, alliteration to the past. Um, gosh, one of the... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm having a bit of a brain fart just just thinking <laughs> about some of the, the, the little throwbacks that they sneak in there, you know? Right. And, and by the way, you, you sent me a graph that had four of them. I probably caught like the first two of those four. The, the other ones just kind of slipped by me, but... Um, and, and also you showed me a graph of uh, the Sokovian building that had been kind of muraled on one of her living room walls. Yeah. In one of the episodes. I miss that. They are they are doing quite a bit of work just painting throughout mm -hmm. all little teases and tags and 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 even down to the very end of the show. Uh, like the doctor, he's mm -hmm. teasing us that this reality is Small towns, so hard to escape oh, in a very it, ominous tone, like the, we're here and we're not leaving, or at least he and Vision aren't. Which makes you wonder how aware are the other inhabitants of the town that things are not quite right. I don't and know if Jones is realizing that things aren't right, but I mean, his wife is asking if she looks fat in earrings. Oh, boy. Uh, and, and, and that... <laughs> the power going out on him. Oh, thank God. <laughs> and as usual, I just am enthralled watching um, Catherine Hahn use her improv groundlings training. Like, you know, she's really good yes. at the drama. Obviously, I've seen her do lots of stuff like that. Um, but to see her go back to her comedic roots and to apply it, to catalyze it with the sitcom formula, she does it so well. I love the way she was gave out this big smile and moved her mouth in conjunction with the ringing of the bell of her bicycle. It was all just so well done. Her playing along, but eventually letting the layers flake a little bit and let Vision know, hey, something's going on here underneath. You know, It seemed like she was waiting for Vision to truly acknowledge something before she would give away the goods. And since he wasn't fully acknowledging it, she kind of backed down and told Herb to back down. Like, you caught that, right? Yes, but at the same time, it appears like they're... They at least those two are in the loop. Um, and, and Herb is trying to goad Vision on to realize. And and then he starts to just give it up. And he's that, like, I'll catch you on the flip side. You know, being a cliche, for lack of a better term, a token black character that was often in sitcoms like those back in the day. Yeah. But, What's up, man? Catch you on the flip side. I'm non-threatening. So no. what do you think he was going to say with we are, we are all. And then that's when Catherine Hahn turns and with her shocked, like, don't say it. Almost like she's not the one in charge. Yeah. And there's someone over both of them. 
Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. That there might be a pecking order, and we haven't seen the top of the pecking yeah. order. Yeah. Now, a couple different shows have brought this up that Herb may be a red herring or he's to throw people off the scent that potentially the high evolutionary is involved. Oh, wow. Because he likes playing with evolution and the X gene and (laughs) and his real name is Herb. Okay, I I have not heard the High Revolutionary since watching Spider-Man Unlimited like a good 20 years ago. Well, there are two, though. There's the High Evolutionary and the Higher Evolutionary. And the Higher is the clone son of the High. Wow. I did a little bit of a deep dive on it because I wanted to dig into it. (laughs) There is somebody else at play, and I don't think it's Sword that's over the overhead i think they're more in the in the moment trying to minimize the damage to the outside world yeah ever ever since that devils in the details comment from the earlier episodes i've been like i'm waiting for mephisto i'm waiting for mephisto right and and it's definitely possible that he could be in it i think someone mentioned that uh ralph is a name that he goes by at some point in the comics oh i didn't know that might be where she keeps saying oh he looks better in the dark (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Agnes, who I have to keep stopping myself from calling Agatha. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I'm waiting. There was something in the teasers from a long time ago where Agnes gets very candid with Vision and she's just like, haha, you know you're dead, right? Something along those lines. And I'm waiting with great anticipation for that scene, for the full context of that. The Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. And and the costumes, the very comic accurate costumes. Well, and even Agnes was wearing a witch costume. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, down to the end, as Monica is getting ejected from, uh, from reality, from Westview. Yeah. They're playing Sleepy Jean. Yes. Love the monkeys. Love that song. Some of the lyrics have me wondering if they're going to be playing off of Wanda being asleep. Um, something like this. And and the lyrics go to a daydream believer and the homecoming queen. Potentially Vision is the daydream believer because he's basically at Wanda's beck and call. He doesn't act except for when told to act by Wanda and she would be the queen of this reality. Yeah, that's exactly how I was thinking about that. The lyrics, I've been digesting them ever since I last watched the episode. Over and over again, that that song's been stuck in my head and I've been thinking about the lyrics and I had that same interpretation. Vision's the daydream believer. Wanda is the queen who appears to be in charge of everything. I had... I had doubts about that up until the confrontational scene where Wanda's like, you should leave. Like, Wanda seems to be in charge and protecting something. Um, on the other hand, they the neighbors look like they might be afraid of something else above Wanda. I'm not 100% positive yet, but between Mephisto and Sword and <laughs> now the High Evolutionary, uh, and, I'm trying to keep an open mind. Yeah, and and there's, there's a few other scenes that kind of show us that Wanda isn't fully in charge in this reality. Um, Either that or she's subconsciously doing things. Like when she feels the kick of the child at first. And then she says, it's real fluttery. And then all of a sudden, the butterfly mobile comes to life and flutters away. Um, And then the stork, of which she tried to make disappear multiple times. And it just shrugged off her magic 
almost like it's inevitable what's going on. And there's some things in here she cannot change. Yeah, that that was actually something I forgot to bring up earlier that I thought was a big deal that no matter how much that red mist, like she appeared to have a strong connection with it. She was conjuring it. She was trying to make it do something and the stork just wouldn't go away. And I had questions about that. And it sounds, you're right, that does look to, to be evidence that there is another powerful player in play that Wanda does not have complete control of this false reality. Oh, uh, any final parting words any thoughts any theories uh, going forward that rumor well the really strong rumor i've been hearing it from a lot of reliable sources about you know evan peters showing up from the multiverse playing a different version of her brother yeah quicksilver from the fox x-men franchise uh wouldn't it be great if to a period song he did something again like he did with Days of Future Past and Apocalypse? I'd, I'd love that. You know, speaking of speedsters, mm-hmm. Vision is apparently a speedster. It was teased yes. early in the episode as the pregnancy was speeding along. He's like, and I thought I had super speed. <laughs> uh, just kind of a, a laugh line. But then we see him literally running to get the doctor and running back with the doctor. But maybe that's just how they make it appear because we know he has flight powers and the doctor even teases it in such a way that we were running so fast it felt like we were flying. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the big things I'm holding out for is if this reality gets shaken enough that we see some big names like Evan Peters, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I just, I'm, I'm holding out for all that. that. That's, I'm hoping the rumors are true. The big guns are going to have to come in and help. Yes, we are going to need all the big guns if she is to break reality. All right, well, we will sign off for this week and come back with episode four coming up this next weekend. So stay tuned. Make sure to watch it. Watch it again and watch it a third time because (laughs) you kind of need to get the layered depth in this. Guilty. Multiple (laughs) viewings on my part. I think I'm about five times in because I was like, okay, there's got to be something else I'm missing here. Something else I'm missing. Yeah. All right. And this is Colton and Jeremy saying... Calgon, take me away! Take me away! Hope you enjoyed all of the fun of today's episode and invite you to join us on a regularly scheduled podcast, Sequel Quest, where we imagine the next installments of your favorite movie franchises. Find Sequel Quest on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, and on most of your favorite podcatchers. And of course, visit us at our new home on the web, theretronetwork.com. This has been a presentation of The Retro Network.